Friends, today we are looking at the Gospel of Mark. And this in your Pew Bibles can be found on page 1442. We're going to read today the story of blind Bartimaeus who camped out on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. Mark 10, beginning to read at verse 46. Then Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What? do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is the word of the Lord. Kenzie tells Macy at school that she can't hang out that night because she has to babysit. But Macy later sees on social media that Kenzie went out with two of their friends to a movie. Jordan's riding in the car with a bunch of guys and they all start talking about which girls they like. And Jordan doesn't know what to say because he's not even sure he likes girls. Amy's going to her third wedding in three months. She's not even dating anyone, and at the end of the summer, all of her friends will be married. Greg and Jackie are talking about their upcoming trip in the back of church with Mark and Joanna and Kristen and John, and they turn to Mark and Joanna and say, would you like to come along? Kristen and John just stand there. We all know what it's like to be left out, insignificant, unwanted, unchosen. We all know that feeling. Everybody in this room has had that feeling, that we don't fit in, that we're not enough. And we wonder, what did we do to cause this, and what can we do to fix it? We wonder if we invite everybody to our house, would that help? If we had a conversation with a trusted person about how awkward that conversation was, would that help? But sometimes we know what causes it and we can't fix it. We tell the truth about something in our family and our siblings stop speaking to us. We get sober and the people we used to hang out with won't hang out with us anymore. We start to believe things a little bit differently than our closest friends and when we say this to them, They reject us. 
Or maybe there's something that we've done that nobody else knows about, but we feel so bad about it, we take ourselves out. We withdraw, we isolate ourselves because we don't think we're worthy to be in relationship with someone else. We all know what it's like to feel left out. Bartimaeus, one of the key characters in our story today, he knew what it felt like to be left out. You see, from the time he was born, he was told that he was less than. In fact, he was even told that his blindness was the result of either his sin or his parents. We know this because in John 9, there's another story about a blind man. The disciples see him and they ask Jesus, hey, who sinned that this guy's blind? Was it him or was it his parents? There was this idea that Bartimaeus had done something so offensive or his parents had done something so offensive to God that God had caused Bartimaeus to be born blind. And because of that, Bartimaeus was left out of everything. He was seen as suspect. He was pushed aside. He couldn't worship at the temple. He couldn't go to synagogue. He couldn't eat with people. He couldn't get a job. He was stuck, begging. That was his life. And so on this day, when we find him here, he is at a very strategic location to beg. He's at the juncture where the Jericho Road begins to go to Jerusalem. This is a very busy road in the best of circumstances because there are merchants, it's a trade route, it's busy. But at the day he's there, the time he's there, the Jews who live up in Galilee are going to Jerusalem for Passover And so it's very heavily trafficked, and it's a really good opportunity for a blind person to get a few coins thrown his way. And as he sits there with his cloak on his lap to receive anything that's thrown to him, he hears that it's a little bit busier than normal, and someone mentions that it's Jesus of Nazareth who's passing by. And Bartimaeus does something really odd here. He starts to yell, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this is weird because, first of all, you don't yell at a rabbi. That's considered very rude. That's why people tell him, shush, shush. You are out of line, man. You're being rude. You don't yell at a rabbi. But he keeps going. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he's not even using the name that people use. People said Jesus of Nazareth. He's saying Jesus, son of David. This is a little like when your mom uses your middle name. He's calling out Jesus. He's naming him for a particular reason. Jesus, son of David. This not only meant that Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus, had heard about his healings, had heard about his teachings, but it meant that because he had heard about all of these things, he believed that Jesus was not only in the line of David, but that he was the Messiah, the chosen one. Son of David was a title that was used in the Old Testament repeatedly to talk about the Messiah, to talk about the anointed one, the one who is to come. And so when Bartimaeus yells here, Jesus, son of David, he's proclaiming, I think you're the Messiah. 
I think you're the son of David. And in this moment, he's hoping that both of these identities, the Messiah and the son of David, will help him. Because the Messiah can heal him, he's hoping that the son of King David will. Because there's this remarkable story about King David that's found in 2 Samuel, where David has finally made it to the throne, and he says to his staff, is there anybody to whom I can show mercy, kindness? The Hebrew word is chesed, for the sake of Anybody in Saul's family, I can show mercy to for the sake of Jonathan. Now, Jonathan had been his buddy, had been his tight, tight friend. But there is absolutely no reason for David to do this. Saul and Jonathan were dead. When Saul was alive, he made David's life miserable. And the normal protocol was that if you got to the throne, you killed off anyone who was related to the guy who formerly held the throne so they wouldn't be a threat to you. So it's no wonder that when Jonathan's son, the last remaining heir, whose name was Mephibosheth, when Mephibosheth is brought before David, he falls on the ground and he calls himself a dog. Because he thought, this is it. They found me. This is the end. David's going to take me out. He has every right to do this. Instead, David looks at him, tells him to stand up, and says, to you, I'm going to give all the land of your grandfather Saul. And I'm going to give you all the people who served your grandfather Saul. And... You are going to dine every night at my table. So in one afternoon, Mephibosheth goes from being someone who is lame and rejected and on the margins and poor to being welcomed in and established a landowner, wealthy and at the table of the king. Amazing. So Bartimaeus has picked up all of this. He knows all of this. And so when he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, he knows Jesus has no reason to give him any mercy. He knows that mercy is undeserved kindness. He knows that Jesus, because he's a rabbi, could just keep walking. He gets it. And that's why he keeps crying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus does. He stops. He says, hey, call a guy over. They call him over. Get up. He's calling you. He throws his cloak on the ground, a cloak that may well have had several coins in it. Throws it on the ground. Don't don't need that. Goes to Jesus And the first mercy Jesus extends to him is that he asks him what he wants. What do you want me to do for you? You think Bartimaeus ever in his life had been asked that question? What can we do for you, Bartimaeus? How can we be helpful to you today? Nope. Jesus looks at Bartimaeus 
And by asking him this question, what do you want me to do for you? He's saying, you have a voice. You have agency. You are an image bearer of God. You matter. What do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, Rabbi, I want to see. And Mark writes that immediately he was healed and he followed Jesus on the road. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. Did you notice that? I want to see. Go, your faith has healed you. You're free. You can live a great life now. And Bartimaeus does what? Follows. Because Bartimaeus, for the first time in his life, he is in. And he's not only in because his sight is restored and he can go to the temple and he can eat with friends and he can get a job. He's not in because society suddenly realizes, all right, he's fine, we can let him in. He's in because of the mercy of Jesus Christ. He's in because he had faith to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. His faith emboldened him to ask for what he needed, and the mercy of God responded. He was left out, and then Jesus brought him in. And so, of course, he followed him. Wouldn't you? If everyone else had said, you're off, you don't belong, we don't need you here, and Jesus said, come here, come here, wouldn't you follow him too? Because that's what Jesus does. You see, Bartimaeus follows Jesus from Jericho to Jerusalem. That's where he goes next. And Bartimaeus, with his eyes now restored, sees the triumphal entry. Witnesses Palm Sunday. And who knows how long he hung around with Jesus. But that was quite a week. If he didn't see, he heard that Jesus was betrayed, he was tried, he was crucified. And Bartimaeus had to wonder what on earth was going on. What was happening to Jesus, the son of David? And what was happening was that Jesus, the son of David, was extending his mercy to the world Jesus, son of David, was having mercy on everyone. In his death and in his resurrection, he conquers shame. He conquers marginalization. He conquers racism and sexism and homophobia and all of the things that marginalize other people. He conquers them in his death, and he says, what do you want me to do for you? Come here. Be with me. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he extends his mercy to every one of us. All of us who were out, because we were all out, are now in because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're in. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to try harder. You don't have to impress God. Mercy is undeserved kindness. Did you deserve it? Nope. Do you get it? Yep. You get it. 
Because, as Pastor Stefan would say, because God loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. Now, does this mean that you're going to be invited to every party in the future? It does not. Does it mean you'll never feel left out again? No. But does it mean that your addiction or your affair or your failure is the thing for which you will be known? No. Does it mean that you are marginalized from the kingdom of God? No. Does it mean that you belong? Yes. Does it mean that you get to come and eat at the king's table? Yes. This table is only for people who don't deserve it. It's only for sinners. If you're not a sinner, stay where you are. This is only for people who don't deserve it. This is a table of mercy. This is a table of undeserved kindness. And Jesus says, come. You belong to me, body and soul, in life and in death. Jesus, son of David, has mercy on us. Blessed be his holy name. Amen. You pray with me. God, we give you praise and thanks for this word, this reminder. We thank you for the boldness of our brother Bartimaeus who knew who you were and asked for mercy. So today, Lord, as we come to your table, we do so relying on your mercy, not our own goodness, not our own achievement, but on you alone. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. We come to the table because of you. In your name we pray, amen.